Welcome back to Mom Nation Unscripted. Now a word from our sponsor. Moms are always on the move and the city of Mesa understands getting where you need to go quickly and safely isn't just a priority, it's an expectation. That's why we are proactive with our transportation plans. Check out the 2020 Transportation Bond Program at mesaaz.gov slash mesamoves to learn about Mesa's plans to grow our roadways and bike paths, improve congestion, and make commuting safer for everyone. Well, hey, everybody, we are back for another season. Super stoked, as always, for this season. Um, we've got some changes, ladies. So this is season four, episode one of Mom Nation Unscripted. Can't believe we're already in season four. Time totally flies. Um, but we've got some changes. So welcome, Sherry and Jenny. Hello. Happy to be here. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing today? It's doing well. Yeah. It's Tuesday, it's Taco Tuesday. It's a Tuesday so it kind of feels like a Monday. Like I'm not, I don't know. It's a weird week. Seriously, it totally I have, that's, that's why I didn't say the day because I was thinking about what day it was. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, no, totally get that. And, you know, of course we're moms. So I don't know about you guys, but my days sort of bleed into each other. So, you know, it's normal life for us. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm a little bit teeny weeny bit bummed that we weren't able to go live today. Um, unfortunately, Facebook and Zoom is just not wanting to cooperate with us because I just wanted to celebrate our changes and our two new hostesses of the show being on today. So we'll have to celebrate you another way. Yeah, a little, little bit of a bummer, but it's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll have all season to celebrate. So true. So just so that you guys know, our audience out there, Beth Griffith did step down for this season. She's got a bunch of stuff going on for her. Like crazy hair girl is what like, I think when I think of her, cause I think she's dying it a different color now. So it was like crazy pink and now who knows what color she's going to be. So when I think of her, I think, Oh, it's crazy hair girl. Um, but crazy hair girl has a lot of things popping in her business right now. And so she is is dropping off for this season. We hope to see her back. Maybe we'll have her back as a guest or something in the future. Um, but thank you so much, Sherry and Jenny, for stepping up and being the co-host for the show. I appreciate it. Always a good time when we get to do calls together. So exactly. true. So we both, we all three of us just came off a of fall break. Jenny and I have the same fall break because our kids both go to Kyrene. Sherry, is fall break the same week for you? No. No. So you were on fall break last week? No, we weren't really on break. We just took the kids on vacation because military life, when she gets leave, we take it. Ah, so you were like, screw it. I don't care about breaks. We're just going to do what we want. Well, we took the computers with us with the intention of like, hey, we're going to do online school in the morning and then we'll have fun. And then I think day two, I was like, I'm calling you guys out. Let's, let's just have fun. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I mean, we do, they're only little for so long, right? And exactly, really is a couple of days. I mean, I'm all for schoolwork, all for homework and, and that kind of thing. But really is a couple of days going to super impact their education where, 
you know, enjoying family right now. It's just everything, man. You know what I mean? And that, I feel like that teaches them more. Well, we definitely had like some life lessons that we got to learn on this trip. So, I mean, they weren't like jeopardizing their education. Right, right. No, I totally Memories last forever. It's true. And those bonds, and that's like the important stuff, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that they're going to carry on. They're going to share with their children and their grandchildren and that kind of thing. I mean, math, math, you can do that later. (laughs) Yeah, I feel It was actually really cool. I didn't even get to tell you and Jenny, the park that my dad used to take Peyton and Ariana when they were little, Mm -hmm. Rory got to experience that same park this time. So it was really cute to just see 13 years later, 10 years later, um, you know, my youngest now playing there. So that was really fun. Oh, and that was in San Diego? Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. How about you, Jenny? How was your fall break? Um, well, I pretty much worked through all of it, but then we got to end it with a little camping trip, which it's funny. I didn't realize until I saw the Facebook memories, but this is our fourth, um, fall break camping trip in a row we've done together with the Lamberts. So that was uh-huh. kind of cool seeing the memories pop up and realizing that we have a little tradition going. So that was fun. I totally love it. And it's like, you know, I look at our kids and I'm like, oh my God, how is it that you guys are so big? Remember when they all met and they were teeny weeny and could like barely talk and, and now chubby. and chubby and yeah. And now they're huge and like have their own opinions. And the funniest thing though, Jenny, that I noticed is we don't age. They do. How does that happen? I don't understand. <laughs> That's so true. It's so true. We're just blessed, I guess. <laughs> totally blessed. I want to have that problem guys. You you have that problem. You don't need either. You're right there with us. You could sit at our table, wear pink, the whole bit. (laughs) Perfect. Tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow. Awesome. All right, ladies. Well, again, so excited for season four, episode one. And I'm super stoked about this topic because Jenny, Jessica, I'm going to tell you a little story about Jenny and I. So I was, I don't want to say I was like anti-politics because that's not true. I just didn't really pay attention and it just wasn't part of my, you know, day to day. And then I'm, I meet Jenny like a gazillion years ago and she is super into it. And she's like, she knows the candidates and she knows what's going on and she knows the topics on the table. And she started to get me really excited about it. So over the last couple of years, I've really taken a liking and, you know, started to dive into politics a little bit. Um, But Jenny and I were talking the other day. It's easy to know who the big, like the president and the vice president, like it's easy to know, okay, these are the hats that they wear. Here's what they're responsible for. Here's what they do. But when you bring that down to the local level, there are a lot of people that are wearing different hats that have different responsibilities at the local level that I don't know about you, Jenny and Sherry, but I had no, dare I say, does that make me sound silly? Like I had no idea existed. And so we thank you so much, Jessica. Jessica with the city of Mesa is here with us today to give us a little politics 101 and share a bit about, you know, a little bit more in detail what those those leaders do and what they're responsible for. So Jessica, it's all you girl, take it away. Well, thank you ladies for letting me join you today. Um, And I think to your point, you kind of don't realize everything that goes around you politically because it's 
for all we're hearing these messages with president vice president all these big things but um the local level is really where it's at and i'm slightly biased since i work here <laughs> but um the ability to affect change is really really great at the local level and it's so nice to share this message of how we learn how to do that so i'm really excited to do that awesome i appreciate it so much oh didn't no. mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was just going to share a little bit about myself, uh, my role at the city of Mesa. Uh, I'm a city council assistant, so I work directly for an elected uh, official. And Mesa is broken down into districts. Um, some cities are broken up into wards. Um, and then the elected official just really represents that geographic area within the community. So. Awesome. And you kind of are touching into what my first question is, and that's really like, what are the seats, first of all? So, I mean, we know we have the mayor, right? It's about as far as I go. I know there are other people under him, but like, take me from there. What is the mayor? What does he do? What's his deal? And then who's underneath him? Sure. So typically the mayor is going to be your um, non-district specific. So represent the entire community, city, town. Um, so they're represented, uh, they're elected at large. So from living in Mesa, anyone in Mesa can vote for the position of mayor when, when that position is up for election. Um, the council member level would just be below that. So then that's the region specific. So they represent a certain number um, in the population based on the census, which is going on this year too. So it's really important that we all complete that information because then we know how many people can be divided into these districts. So um, the council member then represents a very specific area in the community. Um, and they can only be uh, voted on by the people who live in that district. So we don't always vote for everybody, but um, when your uh, elected official's seat is open, then you get the opportunity to vote for them specifically, um, as opposed to the entire community voting for the mayor. So in Mesa, the form of government we have is a city management uh, mayor council form of government. So we vote for mayor and council, um, but then our city manager is underneath them and he is a hired position. So the council then hires that position. Everyone under the city manager is then um, managed by him or her. And they're not elected positions. So sort of like a tiered structure. If you think of your city employees, your city manager, your council members, your mayor, so are the mayors, sorry, Sherry, I see, <laughs> I'm an interrupter, just, you probably have already figured that out. I'm a total interrupter. <laughs> I did, it's so true. Um, go, Sherry, go, you go. I was just gonna ask for councilmen, how long are those positions held? So um, in Mesa, and it's gonna be different based on your city charter or, or your community you live in, um, they're four year terms and you can hold two four-year terms. Uh, if you're appointed, and this is where the, the extras come in, so you can potentially be appointed midterm if a council member vacates their seat or, or if something else happens and they leave their position, you can be appointed midterm. So you could potentially serve nine years, 10 years, but you can only be voted on twice, so two four-year terms. So after that second four-year term, you would term out. Same thing for mayor, too. Are they ever up for election at the same time? Or is there a certain time for mayor, certain time for city council? Like, how does that all go? 
Yeah, so it's spaced out um, every two years, half of the group or some of the group will be up for election and in the following two years, it'll be the other half. Um, so you're not completely vacating every seat essentially all at once. And so you had said that if there is a, a vacant spot in the middle of a term, somebody can be appointed. So in the case of a few years ago, we don't need to name any names, but in the case of a few years ago, there was a council member that unfortunately had to step down. How does that happen once that, once they have to step down? Like what happens next? Sure, and, and for, for all different reasons, um, uh, the seat becomes vacant. Uh, what would happen is you could then apply. So you could submit a resume, you could submit an application, and, and you can be in the running to, to hold this position. And then the council would vote um, on whether or not you would hold that seat. Or um, So you're not necessarily elected if it's an interim fill, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Jenny, did you want to say something? I saw you moving toward your mic, and I'm an interrupter. Yeah, well, I'm curious what the qualifications are. How does one become qualified for such a position? So it's actually, I think, such a, a position to be valued because it really is just being an active member of the community. Um, so many of the elected officials I've talked to just are so passionate about their community. And if you look at their backgrounds, they've done, they've done everything under the sun. You know, there's some are previous lawyers, some, um, my elected official I worked for is amazing and got a degree in fashion and became a professional fisher woman, man, fisher person. <laughs> and it really just starts from that passion to serve your community. It's not necessarily um, a plug and play job description. So, and, and they've received degrees in many different fields. Some not following the traditional school path either. So they're really, it can vary across the board. Okay, one clarification question. So just an active member, but they do have to have a bachelor's degree at minimum or? Nope, nope. Okay. Um, it's, it's not for the elected positions because these are the positions then that the community chooses to represent them. So you don't. I think you need to be over 18, maybe. <laughs> you need to live in the district that you represent too, the community you represent, um, at least at the local level. So our districts are divided um, and then those representatives live in those areas. And so this isn't a volunteer position though, right? I mean, they're act it's an actual job, like you actually get paid as a city council member. Yeah, they're classified as, um, a part-time employment position, I think is how we classify it. Um, it doesn't ever work out part-time, I'm sure like we all know, um, but it is a paid position. You're, you're part of the organization. So is there like, just out of curiosity, um, and I don't know if this is public information or not, but like how much do they get paid? Is that a question I can ask? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, for their position, as well as um, all city employees, that's public information. So I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, um, but I know we publish all of that on our specific website. Um, and as public information, you, citizens, anybody is also open to request any of that information. 
You said that Mesa had a certain, you called it a certain name for their setup. Is it common for different cities to have different types of setups or is this the basics of your city leadership sort of setup? Um, my understanding is it's pretty standard, but it is up to each community. Um, so in the Valley here, Gilbert, Chandler, Mesa, Scottsdale, we're all set up really similar. Um, now, my family in Wisconsin has a completely different form of government in their tiny town they live in. So it just depends. Um, and it's possible some of those positions are volunteer positions elsewhere, but I know in the Valley, they're actual employee positions. Um, and so as our form of mayor council city management, um, that's just delineating our structure. So um, the mayor then representing all of council, council representing its individual districts, and then our staff and city management working for the residents, for the constituents. And so you would be qualified as staff because you work for one of the elected candidates? Correct, yeah. So we're not elected as our role as staff, just the um, council members and mayor. So do you play a part in elections and things like that, or is that totally separate from your job? So that would be separate. Um, anything related to um, when anyone comes up for election as city staff, we uh, are removed from that process. So it gets really busy, as you can imagine, during um, campaign season for elected officials. <laughs> Um, I have a question though. So obviously with you working within this role, was this a passion of yours beforehand or have you learned to love it or, you know, tell us about that. How did you get into this? Great question. Thank you. Um, so yes, I will resort to say I was a huge political nerd in college and I got my bachelor's in political science and, you know, followed all the campaigns eons ago when that was going on. <laughs> so it was always a field I liked. Um, I've actually worked for the city of Mesa for almost a decade and a half um, in different departments. So it is very um, rewarding for me that this is now the role I hold um, because it, it was something I was always interested in and then worked my way up to this role. Um, so both. <laughs> like it a lot. Um, political junkie, however, sometimes I got to turn the TV off too, you know, too much news gets you. Um, my passion for this position specifically is just serving my local community. Um, there's nothing more rewarding than knowing you helped your neighbor. Um, and I live here, I grew up here. So it's, it's really great to be able to see your community grow, change, improve, um, even if it's the smallest way we're helping, the constituent aspect of this job is one of my favorites. So. And you can totally tell when you talk about it, like you can totally tell there's passion there, which is amazing in, in any job you do, you know, you hope to have that kind of passion. So that's awesome. Um, if somebody were to want to apply to become a city council member or even the mayor, what steps would they take to do that? I mean, I know you mentioned submit a resume, but like to who? Like if I wanted to do it today, what would I do? 
So the, the application would be just for the vacancy. Um, if you did want to run for the position, you would have to submit a letter of intent to well, our city clerk. Um, and so all that's doing is just saying, I intend to run during this election or whichever date that is. And then once you submit that, there's usually a deadline. You have so long to get as many signatures as you need. So I think for, you know, it could be anywhere from a couple hundred to a couple thousand. Um, and once you get that level of signature, then you are put on the ballot. And then that's when the campaign trail begins. Yes. And <laughs> sorry, I wanted to say campaign trail. <laughs> one of the, the big things I learned, because I was thinking, oh, local, you know, it can't be how hard can local be, right? It's not the president. You're not, you know, traveling the country, but um, it's a lot of boots on the ground. It's a lot of really diligent, hard work. I've seen a lot of these elected officials, you know, knocking on every door when we could knock on doors and um, getting out and meeting everyone. And, and depending on how many candidates you have running in an election, it can be a really close race. Um, so if you don't win in the primary, which is held earlier in the year, you would go to the general election. So then you're, you're almost campaigning twice. <laughs> so you're going for that first vote to see if you get enough votes to win in the primary. If you are then tied or don't pull the majority, you go to the general election. So it is grueling, you know, 12 months of, of campaigning and I'm sure putting up signs, I see signs, you know, all the signs we see on the street corners. <laughs> oh my gosh, everywhere. And, and so I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you have volunteered for a campaign probably in the past, have you? Um, to, to... Back in college, I helped a little bit, yeah. So you kind of have an idea of like what that looks like for, for instance, if I wanted to get involved and it didn't necessarily want to go like, you know, applying for the city council position, but it revs my engines and politics excites me and I want to help out my community. So I want to volunteer. What are the best or what is the best way or the best ways to plug in and volunteer and kind of you know, quench that thirst a little bit. So there's actually, um, at the local level, there's a lot of ways you can participate in your, in your government. Um, boards and commissions are a great way to sort of get your foot in the door. And there have been um, quite a few elected officials that follow that path. So for example, we have a planning and zoning board. We have a um, historic preservation board. We have um, human resources advisory board. So what these boards consist of are community members who come together and meet regularly and it becomes um, advisory to the council. So for planning and zoning, for example, we have some great community leaders who are passionate about serving the community, about being engaged. They make choices and recommendations that then they forward to council and council can make those educated decisions informed decisions um, based on the work of these boards and committees. So I would recommend if you have any um, interest in getting involved in your community, it's a great first step, especially if you have some of those personal passions. Maybe you're an architect by trade, maybe you're, and, and you don't have to be, but if that's something that excites you, um, you know, maybe you're really active in uh, education. And so you want to hold a, a position on a board or maybe a public school board. 
is a great way to get involved. Um, we're not tied in Mesa to our school board, um, but it's another elected position. So if, if you're really passionate about making sure policies aren't in place that you feel strongly about, that's a great first step too. Um, so, and the boards and commissions do take applications and there are um, length of terms. So you have to wait until there's a vacancy, but um, it's a really good first step. If you just wanted to, to volunteer and give back to the community, our city has a community services department that connects agencies that need volunteers, projects with those people. So we're also a really good outlet for if you, um, if you have a special skill, maybe you're a carpenter or something like that and you wanna donate your time, we can connect you with projects or agencies that might need that assistance. So I'm curious, um, when an, an official gets elected, when does the hiring process start for their staff? Because I would assume that they don't want to hire somebody when they don't know yet whether they will be elected. And then to follow up on that question, once that um, elected official is elected, the next four-year term comes around and say they don't get elected, does everyone lose their job? What happens? Um, no, so for our structure, and I, and I know it can be different at maybe the state level or the federal level where they take their staff with them. Um, in our city, we, as staff, um, hold that position. So it's not necessarily like when an elected official comes in, they're bringing in a whole new team. Um, so we're, we're that consistent basis that can inform the, the decisions council and mayor make, just based on our experience and expertise. Um, so say the, oh, say, the election is in November. So we would know a winner relatively quickly, hopefully, um, that role wouldn't come into play until the beginning of January. So the person in their seat would finish out their term, and then in January, um, the new official would start. So working there for 15 years, right? A decade and a half. Yeah. Um, have you ever worked for then someone that maybe wasn't your choice um you know how do you manage that like when you have strong political beliefs which i feel like you do if you're a political junkie that was your education how do you deal with that when it's your job and you love it but then maybe you're working for somebody that has totally different ideas than you and this is your home this is your community and they're impacting it in a way that maybe you don't see fit how do you deal with that great question um I am very fortunate. Um, I think in Mesa as a whole, we have a really great body of elected leaders. Um, and one of the important things you have to keep coming back to is there's a reason people hold this role or want to hold this role and, and fight to hold this role. And that's to serve their community um, in the best way that they think would serve it the best. So um, when you keep coming back to what the intention and motivation is of holding this role, I think it makes it we can find that equitability. So as a, as a staff member, my political preference isn't what drives this role. My driver is that ability to serve the community. Um, so there is that common ground, regardless of our political beliefs. Uh, and I find that maybe that's why I like the local level a little bit better, because we're taking that, the politics out of it a little bit more. 
um, it's not so divisive. We're not this two party system. We really are working together to serve the community as a whole. Now, everyone has their own individual beliefs, um, direction they want to see their community go. But I always try to come back to what's our intention, what's our motivation for being here. And it almost always aligns. So it is just to serve the community um, to the best of our ability. And, and I think it's, it becomes, again, I'm getting all fired up about it. But <laughs> um, it really is easy to see common ground. And once you, um, something I enjoy about, about this job too, is you really see how passionate these elected leaders are about their community. Um, even if that's not my personal preference, it, it's, it's so inspiring to see. Um, they know their neighbors' names. They know uh, what business is going in down the street. They're just so active and engaged, and, and it's inspiring to see. Well, now that Sherry broke that ice, I have uh, party questions for you, too, or maybe just question. So I'm curious if party does come into play. It sounds like a little bit less on the local level than it does, you know, on the national level. And is there a certain amount of, um, like, does the two party thing make a difference? So can you only elect, you know, four Dems and four Republican, like, or, or independents or whatever? Like, is there some sort of formula there? Or is it just up, just based upon who runs for that particular district? Yeah, I think more towards your, your second um, point there. So it is it is bipartisan. I mean, you can run on the platform, you can run on your beliefs, um, but I guess there's a caveat, right? So maybe, for example, everybody running in the community is conservative and there is no competition in that way of conservative liberal. So, um, and I do think you start to see candidates that really represent the community. So maybe Austin, Texas is an incredibly uh, liberal environment. Um, obviously not everyone, but you could say it's more, more liberal. And you might have a community that's just a bit more traditionally conservative. So I think it is just a representation of who lives where. But it, there's no sort of combination of how many of a certain political party needs to be involved, that kind of thing. No, no, not at all. Well, that's cool. Um, so back to the campaign trail, sorry. It's just so exciting. Of course, it's what's happening and blah, blah, blah. So if somebody wanted to involve themselves at that level as a volunteer, do you just pick a candidate and say, hey, I got some time. Can I come make some phone calls for you? Or how does that work? Um, I, so again, not necessarily supporting campaigns, but just my own personal knowledge of, of how campaigning works. Yeah, if you have a candidate that you follow in your community and you feel very passionately about helping and supporting their success, I would reach out. I would say reach out. Um, it can't hurt. And if you Maybe she'll come back to us. Totally fine. Oh, uh, you know, internet. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you do, if you do want to get involved in your um, local elections, I would definitely just say find that candidate that really resonates with you. Um, 
policies and issues and just reach out to them directly to see how you can be of assistance. So that brings us to our next topic and what a great transition that was, Jess. I bet you didn't even know you transitioned it. Um, but that's communicating with local elected officials. Um, Jenny, Sherry, I, I don't know if you guys feel this way and I've never really had this conversation with people, I guess. I guess I've just always thought that it's, they're just up there and it's like, they don't wanna hear from us little people and we can't, communicate with them, like that isn't true. So how can you get more involved, communicate with your local elected official? Like what are the steps you would take? And I don't think you're alone at all in that thought. I actually hear that thought from a lot of people. Um, and, and, and if there's a myth I could best, it'd be that they're not removed from us. <laughs> um, that, the communication is there. Um, it just takes doing a little bit of your own research, get clear on what your questions are or the connections you wanna make, and then reach out, send an email. So look online. I know um, for Mesa, all of our council and mayor email addresses online. Um, pull up an email, give a phone call, um, start from somewhere. So if, if you have a question, if there's an issue you're really passionate about, do a little bit of that research and bring it forward. Something I think that's really impactful is making that communication personal. Um, with all that's been going on this year in our country and our world, um, there's so many issues, right? There's 5G, there's um, police funding, there's the environment, there's so many issues. Um, and if you're connect the issue to what you hold personal to your values, I think that communication becomes more meaningful. So um, maybe you see a sign go up in your community that there's a planned development going in, proposed planned development, and you feel really strongly about how that could impact your community, reach out, send an email, um, find who your elected officials are and, and reach out. They, they are always, I don't say always, but there are, for the most part, um, they really, really, really want to hear from the community. So again, going back to their motivation for holding this role is to be of service to the community. So their input that community members can give to them is invaluable. And, and again, any myth I could bust is don't think that your voice doesn't count. Don't think that you don't have a voice. Um, and and speak up, right? Share that voice. So how do you know where to start? Um, you know, if there's an issue that's important to you, who do you contact first? Where's your, your probably your lowest level and work your way up or where do you go first? So, I mean, you could send an email right to the mayor. You could make a phone call right to the mayor. Um, at least in Mesa, our staff and elected officials are really accessible. Um, and it's something that, that I value and um, admire is how accessible our leaders are. So um, starting at the top is totally fine. Sometimes it gets hard to swim down at the bottom and figure out who the right person is to talk to. So sometimes starting at the top and sending that email, we can connect you. One of my main roles is that connector. So how do I connect questions that you have and answers you're looking for how do I connect you to the right people who have them so um, 
any, I mean, starting at the top is just fine. If you have that uh, specific question already in place, maybe it's about utility or development. We do have departments. All that information is online too on who to contact. That gives my military background like anxiety, just jumping the chain of command and going to the top. <laughs> so I'm glad that Jenny asked that, but then you're like, yeah, it's okay. But yeah, that would, that would give me anxiety. Um, I voice you. I see that. <laughs> Jessica, you were mentioning, um, you know, being able to just reach out to these elected officials. And it reminded me of something, Katie and Jenny, I'm sure you remember this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say names, but a couple of years ago, seems, um, we had a member of Mom Nation that needed some help. And so a lot of us did um, email in to the elected official. You guys remember, okay. Um, because we just wanted to share, you know, just some information that about this member of the community and how much of an asset they were as a family. Um, so just remembering back, you know, like, hey, this really could come in to play for like normal members of society um, and you would never know. And then another time with my military background, I know that I needed an endorsement. Oh no, we lost Jessica. So sorry about that. It's okay. Um, so we had, as a community, we all reached out to the selected official for that member to just talk about how much of an asset they were, um, and hopefully help. Um, and then another time that I had to reach out to an elected official was for military endorsement. Um, so it's just interesting to try to think like, when would we as a, just a regular member of society ever need to reach out? Um, you know, maybe that will help other people see that. They are just people and you can reach out to them for different things. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you consider them as your neighbor, it becomes a little bit easier to reach out. If you, if you think of your local elected leader as the person who lives next door to you, who visits your favorite restaurant too. Yeah, this conversation has been super helpful, just opening up my eyes to a lot of the inner workings and, you know, a lot of those details, but, but that, is a, a huge main point for me and my takeaway from today's call is that yeah they're just normal people they're actually in place probably very passionately so to serve the community guess who i am um the community so why shy away if i've got something to say i should be saying it so thank you for the little wind beneath my wings there i appreciate that um quick question for you another one is um what about like city council meetings and things like that is that something that happens regularly? If so, when? How is it televised if it is? And is that something that a normal citizen can become involved in as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll say typically, so pre-COVID, we were meeting, um, we meet twice a month anyways, uh, twice a month council meetings and then regular weekly meetings. So now it's become virtual just you know to limit in person but we broadcast our council meetings on youtube and facebook so if maybe you didn't know where to start with your communication or know where to start with your local government watch a meeting um see what gets talked about see how your elected leaders prioritize and discuss 
Um, so again, like the political junkie in me watches community meetings and <laughs> public meetings. And, um, but it's a great way to get your foot in the door to what goes on in your community. Um, uh, the boards I was referencing before, they have meetings available to view too. And when we, when we do get to go back in person, attend a meeting, um, you know, come and sit in the audience and see, see how it, the dynamic works. Um, something that's really fun and I know we all like working with is when Boy Scout troops or youth from classes come to attend the council meetings. Um, sometimes it's just a general interest and people will bring their kids and they maybe they lead the Pledge of Allegiance one day at a council meeting. And it's, I think it's one of, you know, all of our favorite parts is to just see that community advocacy start at such a young age. Yeah, that's totally cool. Um, gosh, Jess, this is just so much info. And I don't know about you, Jenny, we'll probably text after and be like, what board do you want to go check out and see what we can get on? You know what I mean? Because that's, you know, I'm all newly passionate, so we'll see where that takes me, but it's been pretty cool. It's been awesome to follow the, you know, the big campaigns that are, that are happening right now. It's just so fascinating to me. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. Is there anything that you would like to share about specifically what Mesa's got going on? Um, anything that you'd like our voters out there to remember for this election season? for the election season but just to know that that the city overall and the elected leaders are accessible available um, and that your input matters so you know reach out however that works for you maybe it's speaking at a council meeting about an issue you're passionate on um, we give the community a chance to speak during those meetings so if there's something you're passionate about um, just, just get out there and share that with everyone. And, and I think it'll really benefit the community. Girls trip to a city council meeting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I'm more, um, I, I never thought to go, I guess, before. I didn't realize how open they were or how, um, that they actually want your involvement. Um, and so now I'm more inclined to actually go and, and have my voice be heard. This was super enlightening, um, Jessica, for, for us being a military family, we move all the time. And so honestly, like I just didn't care about local politics because we're not members of the community for that long. And so I just felt like, what can we bring or what can we change in such short periods of time? Um, but I definitely think that this was so helpful um, and I think that even in maybe short windows, two, three years, we could still make impacts for that community and at least raise awareness for things that we see in the community as military families. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you bring a great point. Like you actually get to see how so many different communities work and then pick the things that are amazing and, and possibly even take those forward as suggestions for where you do end up moving. Yeah, that's, well, you said that different communities are very different even in the management side. So yeah, I mean, I'm always telling my wife like, hey, the army's not doing it right. The Navy did it this way. I think you need to tell them to change it. So I could do the same thing, right? From this community to that one. Yeah, we all learn so much and we all have those specialties and passions that live within us and, and, it, and it can lend to just a more rich community. 
You need to start having some um, community meetings on base share. <laughs> right. We're going to have mom play dates at the uh, community, the, um, the meetings. There you go. Talking politics. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, guys. Well, here's what we'd like, like love. I said that both in the same word. We would like it and we would love it. For absolutely everybody out there to please go to whatever podcast platform is your favorite. We like iTunes in particular. But please like us, subscribe to us, download these episodes because then that way we can get the real news, right? Real news is, is kind of important. It's a kind of touchy subject lately, but um, we can get the real news out to the people that need to hear it. And this has been so enlightening. I know tons of people off the top of my head that I know will absolutely love this information, will eat it up, will probably get more involved in their communities because of it. So if you know of anybody out there that could use this information that we provide on a weekly basis, we are here every week at noon Arizona time. I know that's about to change here whenever the rest of the world changed the clocks. So we just call it Arizona time. And thank you so much again for our amazing guest, Jessica Potter with the city of Mesa. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. Moms with aspiration. Moms are inspirations. Moms in circulation. Moms at their workstations. Moms, 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 they make a nation. Moms, this is a mom nation.